Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. Today is May 26th, 2023. Did you know that on this day in history, back in 1986, or no, 1985, hell, I forgot, one of those two years, this was the day that the band Europe released their third album that had uh, the final countdown on it. So yeah, that had Carrie... In, on that album as well, and uh, Rock the Night. That was a really cool video. God, I miss the 80s. I miss hair metal. As a matter of fact, I noticed something when I got in the car today. I used to subscribe to XM, Sirius XM, and I love listening to like the Ozzy's Boneyard and High Octane, and then, um, believe it or not, Willie's Roadhouse. <coughs> but there's also a station on there called Hair Metal or Hair Nation. Freaking love it. But I love when you, I, the thing I hate is when you turn on Hair Nation or you ask A-L-E-X-A to play hair metal and they play Bon Jovi. God, that's annoying. That's really, really freaking annoying. But, hey, good album though by Europe. I remember when that came out, I went up to Disc Jockey and, at the mall and bought that. Good money that I took from my parents. <laughs> bought it and... Uh, my brother-in-law at the time was working there, and he sold that album to me. So, yeah, cool album, man. A lot of good memories going up there, listening to music and buying stuff. But when a mall was a mall, and the coolest place in the mall was always the record store. God, I miss those days. What's a mall? Hey, you know, it's funny what you hear about uh, or learn on social media, regular media. Um... I learned something interesting. There's a, a measure of pain, a unit measure of pain. And that particular unit is called a DEL, D-E-L. All right, so um, it's a measurement of pain intensity, usually taken as one-tenth of the range of increasing sensation from that produced by the least perceptible stimulus to that at which further increase and stimulation causes no further increase in sensation. Okay, whatever. I looked up a fact check. Giving birth can be measured in Dell. This is the claim, but this comes across as false. A mother, while giving birth, fills up to 57 Dell of pain, which is equal to 20 bones getting fractured. That, I don't know, man. That, that might sound true. 
Uh, but it says here, let's see. Visha News, Vishvas News investigated and found that the viral post is fake. A viral post is a human body can bear only up to 45 del unit of pain. A mother feels up to 57 del of pain while giving birth, which is equal to 20 bones getting fractured. So the investigation, the first claim suggests that a human can bear only up to 45 units of pain, but a mother feels up to 57 while giving birth, which is equal to 20 bones getting fractured. The logic seems off. If a woman feels the pain while giving birth, more than a human body can bear, this claim seems bunk. Secondly, the unit does not unit del does not exist. There is no unit called del to measure pain. Even though I found the definition online, uh, as per the report published on the official website of U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health, a system known as the Dole Scale D O L was developed that quantified pain levels using a, a dolarimeter as an instrument used to measure pain intensity. <coughs> so, excuse my cough, it's a bad allergy day. So then they investigated the scale of pain. As per a report published in Harvard Health Publishing, medical professionals started using the 10-point pain scale to gauge the severity of pain. This scale was initially designed to help nurses and doctors better document and monitor how much pain you were experiencing and thereby offer the right treatment. Um, yeah, so we've all seen that if you've been to the doctor, the pain scale, like zero to one, no pain, mild pain, moderate pain, severe, very severe, or worst pain possible. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that, you know, giving birth would probably be the worst freaking pain possible. So I don't know really how you would measure that. It says here there's no objective way of measuring pain. It's a subjective experience, which I get that. Comparing different types of degrees of pain between different patients is not easy. One cannot realistically measure the pain. The post claiming 57 del of pain and experienced by a mother while giving birth is fake. Well, the reason I brought that up, <laughs> I saw a really interesting meme going around posted uh, on the Instagram by the folks at the podcast Hillbilly Horror Stories. I thought it was funny. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I want to believe this because as a man that's been kicked in the nuts once in my life, um, and also I got hit, unfortunately, by a ping pong ball after I got out of the pool once when I was a young man. Didn't feel good. It says here, kicking a man, kicking a man's testes produces 9,000 del of pain, which is equivalent to producing 132 children or breaking 3,200 bones at once. Well, we know that's bunk, but damn, I want to believe it, right? I, I totally want to believe that. <clears throat> but unfortunately, I can't. I just can't. Um, but, you know, I went to, so I, I go on a quick beverage run, right? As I sit here drinking a beverage. And I noticed when I walked into the convenience store, there are stacks and stacks of Bud Light. Like more Bud Light, you know, like as far as the eye could see. I mean, there's a stack as, almost as tall as me. And then up at the front counter, like on the floor, there was another display of probably 30 cases or more. And then a sign on them that if you buy them, you could get 50% off. So they're offering deep discounts. 
Bud Light sales still suck. So I guess I guess officially this is like the transgender beer. So anybody who watched football and, and saw that commercial or saw those cans, they're like, eh, it tasted like water anyway. I'm going to go find something else. Hey, if you like Bud Light, you can easily switch over to Coors Light because it both sucks. They both suck. They both taste like water. So um, they're taking a real beating. I found out Target this week lost $9 billion in sales or something like that, or maybe $9 billion in market cap. Why? Because right next to the children's clothes, like mixing in with all these clothes, they put transgender clothes. There's a swimsuit for boy girls so they can tuck their nuts and dick into a little pouch so no one will see their, their junk when they swim. I'm not kidding. This is the same place that allowed dudes to go into the girls' restroom. Uh, and, you know, and assaults happened. Go, ooh, go figure. Just a matter of time. Um, but you know, I want to bring up something. This is kind of sad this week. This Gen Xers, we're losing some of our heroes, man. Some of our our best musicians left and right, and our actors, our comedians. <clears throat> we lost Tina Turner this week. That's sad. Very sad. Growing up, I really liked her music in the eighties. I guess we all got reintroduced back to or my generation anyway. Got reintroduced to Tina Turner. When that cool video for What's Love Got to Do With It came out. And she had a slew of hits in the 80s. So I know she come from a prior generation in the 70s. I guess part of the 60s. Ike and Tina Turner, they had their own show. They broke up. I don't know if they were only together for a couple of years musically or something. But we all know Proud Mary. Proud Mary is one of the coolest songs ever. It's, it's an iconic song from an iconic performer. Tina Turner, I, I was watching video of her live concert like in Amsterdam or something or somewhere. She is just as active on stage as her backup dancers and these girls never stop. So I mean it's it's crazy the energy this woman brings to the show. And she did it for a long time. But I think she died at 83 after a pretty lengthy illness. And uh, you know it's sad to hear. Um but in tribute to Tina Turner, I wrote down like 10 songs Maybe not her best of all time, but like the, when I started listening to her uh, in the in the '80s, <clears throat> that I thought, hey, these are these are great songs, and you know, this, this kind of I guess impacted me in my listening to like pop music, and I don't, you know, I know she was pop, she was popular, but she wasn't following trends because Tina Turner was a trendsetter, and she could change her image, like uh, coming out of the '60s and '70s. And then what she did with uh, that whole new look with love, what what's love got to do with it in that video? Um, so she was like able to change an image before Madonna ever came around. So this is so she is definitely a trendsetter and a true true artist and performer. So I want to give top ten songs. Maybe these aren't necessarily in any order, but these are songs that I remember that were really big and I always I really always enjoyed. Um, first of all, and the videos were way cool. So if you have some time. Jump on YouTube, enjoy some Tina Turner live stuff, or go back and watch some of her old videos. Um, one, one of my favorite live concerts, and you can probably still find it, is uh, Live in Rio. And I think that was filmed in, I want to say, 87? Anyway, it was like an iconic live concert, and it's, you know, of all the live concerts, whether you're in like pop, rock, whatever, this is one of those concerts that were, you always sort of like remember when you see them. Because it was so big during that era. So, 
without further ado, top 10, right? Tina Turner songs that I like. And uh, feel free to like chime in, leave some comments on the podcast. Uh, what 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 songs did you like? Uh, what what, were you, what was your favorite Tina Turner song? Uh, first one I would have is like, what's love got to do with it? Great tune. Uh, and this, uh, she had an album that came out in 1984, Private Dancer. That song and that video was so cool. That song was smooth. It was like a pop song, but I could like, you could almost feel the jazz vibe in it. So if you have never heard Private Dancer, go listen to that. Um, we Don't Need Another Hero, which was the uh, Beyond Thunderdome song. So, yeah, she did, like, Mad Max 2, Beyond Thunderdome. And that was a cool movie. She was actually in that movie. Uh, but great song. I mean, I can still hear that in my head, that big booming, we don't need another hero uh, chorus, that, that hook. Proud Mary, obviously, because that song, I think, just transcends generations. Simply the best. That song was awesome. The best was one of the best songs that she ever put out. And uh, I think to this day is probably one of the biggest hits she ever had. And it was definitely, when you watch her live shows, that was actually one of the favorite songs of the audience in almost every live concert I've ever seen of hers. Um, Steamy Windows was another song. That kind of went under the radar because it came out between, like, the best and, um, I don't know, typical male or something. There was another big hit. And it came out between that because it was like an album right after the big the big album, like right after Private Dancer kind of dwindled away. Um, yeah, Steamy Windows was the next album that came out. It was a great, great song. Better Be Good to Me, one of my favorite Tina Turner songs. Typical Male is a great song. It's a very smooth song, very fun. Like, I don't know, just get, get a chance to go listen to that. There's another song she had that kind of transcends generations. It's called Let's Stay Together. And she actually did one of the songs, the intro songs, uh, for the soundtrack of the James Bond movie, Goldeneye. And that was the one with, the, I think it was the first one with Pierce Brosnan in the 90s. <clears throat> and it was such a great song, but it's very powerful. Like all the James Bond songs, the, the music, the intro music you hear, the intro song, they're always very, very powerful. They set a mood for the entire movie. So if you get a chance, if you haven't heard Goldeneye, go listen to that. But just go look up you know, Tina Turner songs. Have some fun. It's a holiday weekend. Have a couple of drinks. Enjoy some Tina Turner music. Um, and, uh, you know, let's let's all not, uh, you know, remember the holiday Memorial Day for what, what, what it's for. Um, you know, everybody have a good time. Have a few drinks. Be safe. But uh, let's remember those fallen soldiers that, that died for our freedoms and our opportunity to sit down and have a hot dog and, and grill out on a, you know, on a, on a holiday like this, on a day it's meant to be celebrating them. So pretty cool stuff. Hey, so since I brought up the rock band Europe, you know, that was one of the more underrated uh, albums that came out in the eighties from, you know, hard rock, heavy metal. <clears throat> but I think a couple more that I really think were underrated uh, Cinderella's Night Songs. That was their first album. And I know they had the big hits, Shake Me, and then Somebody Save Me, and then uh, Nobody's Fool. So there was, those were the three big videos. However, if you listen to the rest of those tracks, I think almost every other track, starting with Push Push, 
was probably I think I, I I like them all better than the ones that they released uh, for the commercial market. So for all my heavy metal friends, my hard rock friends, my Gen Xers, go pull out your old Cinderella tapes. Listen to this stuff, man. This is this is some great stuff. I mean, I think a lot of it still holds up today. Just the you know the riffs and of course the lyrics and the and the just the power of Tom Kiefer's voice. It's just amazing. Another album I think that was really under. Uh, underrepresented back in that era. Queensryche is an awesome band. I remember hearing about them for the first time watching Headbangers Ball. And I loved that show. But, uh, you know, I remember, I can't remember which, it might, it was, it wasn't Empire. It was like one of their earlier hits. One of their, I don't even know if it was a hit, it was an earlier song. And then they came out with an, uh, Oh, it was a really cool album. I guess it was a concept album called Operation Mindcraft. And it's like the entire album. Every song was telling a story. And then they released a, a box set to go with it of the concerts, the footage from their live shows called Operation Live Crime. And they had the big screen behind the stage. It was showing part of the story, what the songs were telling. And it was the first time I heard that, my buddy Jason back in high school, he had that album. Totally blew me away. I'd never heard that before. And, and when he was playing that, it, that was like a game changer. And me kind of just getting away from like the traditional hair metal, pop metal, and hearing something a little different that maybe a little bit more eclectic, a little more alternative. Uh, it's really good stuff. Really good stuff. And another album I think that was really... Well, two more. I'll give two more that I thought were really underrepresented in the 80s. Everybody knows the band Rat. But they had an album called uh, Dancing Undercover. I think it came out after the Invasion of Your Privacy. or, or it, was, it was right around that time. <clears throat> it was after they already had a couple of big hits. And I know they had a couple of videos off of that album that went really well on the dial-in TV and all that stuff. The MTV Top 10 of the day. But uh, that entire album. Dancing Undercover. Incredible stuff. I wanted to see Rat live in concert so bad back then. But I had a choice between going to a couple of different concerts. I could have bought tickets to go see ACDC and whoever was opening up for them. Or I could wait around and uh, I think it's maybe like two weeks later or a week later and go see Rat that was headlining. And I'm trying to think, was it LA Guns maybe opening up for them or... Kicks. I know. I know. Kicks was one of the bands that was opening, and I thought, man, I want to go see that because I want to see Rat so bad. But I guess there were structural problems there at the at the arena in Johnson City at Freedom Hall, and I guess the everybody always said, hey, you know, ACDC was so loud they cracked the ceiling. But no, I mean there was structural damage. Part of the ceiling started to fall in, and I missed. They had to cancel that concert. And they never came back. I got my money back, but it's like, man, that is how frustrating. I wanted to see Rat and Kicks so bad. Didn't get to see either one. Bummer. Bummer. But that was a great album. So, again, Gen Xers, when you're fishing through your cassette tapes this weekend, or CDs, if you still have those two, pull out uh, um, Dancing Undercover. And the other one I wanted to mention, I was so upset when Dawkins broke up, and then Don Dawkins had that album, Mirror, Mirror, or had that song, Mirror, Mirror. 
off of his solo album, which I thought was a really cool song. That solo album was really good. But the band broke up for like stupid reasons. You can kind of go look that up. But George Lynch started his own band. And the first album was a band called Lynch Mob. And I don't remember the name of the first album. Maybe it was just self-titled. But again, my friend Jason had that. and was playing that loud. And I thought, man, that is what a good sound, man. What a really, really good sound. So um, I hadn't heard a good sound like that sort of caught my attention like that for a long time until I heard Zach Wilde uh, and his his band um, play. So, yeah, man, it's just really, really good stuff. So, anyway, that's some homework for you this weekend. So I was also on Twitter earlier. Let me pull up my Twitter account. I saw a couple of things people were asking, and if I can find them again. I should have wrote this down before I just come on here half-assed with a beer in me. But... Hey, if I didn't do that, would you expect anything less? Would you really? So, oh, here was one of them. And uh, what was the first album, CD, cassette that you bought when you were a kid? My first one was Van Halen's 1984. And yes, I was like 10 years old. <laughs> and I think my sister let me borrow the money for that one. Um, yeah. I think that's I think that's what happened. But that was my first album. What was your first album? See, we don't get a lot of, uh, sometimes we get a lot of feedback sometimes on the show. It depends on who's on. Usually I go solo. We don't really get a lot of comments, feedback, uh, no, no, you know, anything on the, on the links for your, um, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast at. But, um, yeah, leave some thoughts. Your favorite Tina song, your favorite 80s hair metal band. Yeah, at least some notes. Let's have some discussions. You're welcome to jump on my Substack too, because I did the top ten frontmen of all time an article over there. Here was another really interesting question that was posed earlier on so on Twitter. Social media and podcasting are essentially re, yeah they've replaced blogging. So here was a thought experiment or a question: What will replace social media and podcasting? So what's next? We kind of have to kind of have to wonder. Um, I don't know what's next. I really, I really, it's it's hard to tell. Are we going to be able to communicate with each other? And um, I guess with so much AI technology starting to explode, are we going to uh, virtual reality? Talking to each other in virtual reality. You could be at your house. I could be at mine. And we put our helmets on, and it's like we're sitting in a bar having a discussion and a, and a drink. Is that what's next? That'd be kind of cool if it was, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, there, before I go, there's also one other thing. Um, damn it, I clicked on the wrong one. Uh, there's a I follow Barstool Sports on uh, Instagram. And I know I sent... This was a... The biggest, the biggest letdowns of all time. So if you had a bracket to fill out, which, which is a bigger letdown? Like having to wear a retainer when you're in high school, or being on the Titanic, which, which was a bigger letdown to you? Your first paycheck, or realizing that you're older than most pro athletes. 
my first paycheck sucked. It was bad. It was really bad. What's worse? What's the biggest letdown? Power balance bands? You know those little things you put on your wrist that's supposed to give you more energy or strength? Or fireworks and the fireworks show sucks? <laughs> Which is a bigger letdown? Which is a bigger letdown? The person your friend tries to hook you up with? Or the end of Game of Thrones? Now, how many of you have actually sat through and watched all of Game of Thrones? I was late to the party on this one. Um, and I'll tell you why I was late to the party. I watched a few episodes. I got tired of seeing somebody's dick thrown in front of the camera all the time. So it's like, ah, God, okay. If I want to see somebody's wing, you know, I just watch porn. But it was like, it was like Lord of the Rings meets porn. So that, that's what it was. Not that the story behind it wasn't great, but it was like, it's like, God, do I really want to keep watching that shit? But I did see the last episode. God, and like, how in the hell did that happen? Of all the tough, barbarian, strong-willed people, like the three people that vied for leadership at the end, that was it? Like the weaklings one? I don't know. Maybe they're meant to. So which is a bigger letdown? The year 2020 or the Phantom Menace? I don't know. Both both were pretty bad. 2020 didn't have Jar Jar Binks. I don't know. I don't know. That that's a tough one. That, that's actually that's actually a tough one. The end of Game of Thrones versus Phantom Menace. Oh, definitely the end of Game of Thrones because you know at least there was a kick-ass Jedi fight. But there, but I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I don't know. But there's a lot of fun little brackets like that on Barstool Sports. Like really, I try to follow them online sometimes. Most of it's just some guy trying pizza in different places and ranking them. But um, anyway, I hope your weekend is filled with good drink, good times, good friends, and nothing on the radio by Taylor Swift. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. Hey, I'll be back. Maybe have a guest. I know Elizabeth Cooper's on vacay. She'll be back on soon. We're going to be talking about some crazy unsolved mystery. Oh, some crazy, crazy lady that uh, wrote a wrote a children's book after her husband died about her dead husband. She's one end up killing the damn guy. <sighs> yeah. Life is stranger than fiction. Grab a good book, folks. By the way, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment and a ranking. Um, if you don't have it, um, well, shit. If you're listening to it on your phone great um if you're listening to the link at uh, podbean um make sure that you click over on your smartphone and subscribe and uh you can get me at cyrusalderwood.substack.com uh where you can find some of the articles i write about pop music uh pop culture music politics whatever and uh don't forget to jump over to amazon i haven't sold a damn book in a month so I would love for you to go over there and like try something, one of the Gonzo Chronicles or Pot of Gold or one of the horror stories. There's, there, I got 10 damn books on there. Find one you like. Leave me a ranking and a comment. I love you all. Cheers.